So part of the song you just heard there is a worship song. It's pretty new. Uh, but I love the whole theme behind it. It's make space. We make space. We make room. We ask God to do that as we are making space. And this has been a journey about making space. So if you're new today and just joining us, whether you're watching for the first time online, uh, we have been in Draw the Circle. This is day 29 out of day 40. And it doesn't matter that you're joining us today. The whole point of this has been getting you to connect with God and trying to find a simple tool to put in your hands to help you be able to do that. Because sometimes we just need help. God wants to connect with us, and sometimes we don't know how to do that, how to best put that in our lives, and we just sometimes just need some help and a tool, a simple tool to be able to do that, and that's what this has provided for us. So we are now in the home stretch, right? Last 11 days. Hopefully you are following along, and it doesn't matter. I know there's 11 days left. doesn't matter if you're on day one, day five, day 20. It doesn't matter where you are. Keep going in that journey of connecting with God because that's what he desires. He just wants to connect with us. He desires that connection. And I don't think sometimes we realize that. Sometimes I don't realize that that's, that's who God is. That's what God wants to do. He wants to connect with us. And I just need something at times to help me to do that. So I hope you found this tool is really, really helpful. We have encouraged you as well to get a journal, get a notebook, uh, write down the things that you are praying for, watch as God is answering those. Uh, I don't know about you, sometimes I'll just go on to the next thing, next thing I'm praying for, the next thing that's going on, the next crisis. Okay, God, it's, it's Tuesday. I forgot all about Monday, and I forgot all about what's going on. It's Tuesday. There's a whole set of lists you've got to deal with, and you've got to help me with. And it's good then to be able to look back and go, oh, I remember that day, and I remember how God showed up that day and did some amazing things and helped me in the midst of not knowing what was going on and not knowing what he was doing, and just like, God, please help me in the midst of that. So we'll help you to see that God is faithful, that God is loving, and that God is going to work on our behalf, and you'll be able to have a record and see what is happening and what is going on and what God is doing. That's what we have been encouraged you to do. So I'd encourage you then to start asking this question. What has God done? What are you continuing to ask God to do? In fact, I would urge you to go into uh, our Facebook group that we have uh, on on Facebook, on Thrive Church group. Uh, Join that group if you're not part of it. And get on there and just, just record. Hey, tell everybody else. What's God done in your life through this? What have you learned through this? What have you been asking for? What did you watch God come through and answer a prayer for you? And I'm telling you, sharing that, just it's just a huge encouragement for everybody else to know, oh, yeah, God is working. God is, God is moving. And we can see that work in everybody else's life. So I'd encourage you to do that. Think about these questions. Answer those in that group. And so you can be a part of what is God doing in your life? What is God doing in our church? And be able to share that. I also say this is not the end. So when we hit day 40, it's like, oh, okay, I'm done now, right? This is not something you're done with. This is just a way to get started. This is the beginning of a life which connects to God. And maybe for some of you, this is pretty new, doing this. 
uh, having some time set aside to actually do this and then try to figure out uh, what you're praying for in the midst of this. So this might be brand new to you. It's great because this can be a beginning. It's not meant to be end. It's not day 40 and check it off and, and God says, wow, you get a gold star in the chart this week because you completed day 40. It's meant to get you in a pattern to continue on to see what God wants to do in your life. So for the last part this morning that we're going to talk about, at least in the message, uh, I want you to consider this that a domino can knock over another one that is one and a half times its size. Now, right, okay, so what what does that mean? My kids can terrorize my house? I mean, what what does that mean? It means you have a ripple effect, that the smaller can knock over something a little bit bigger, and that exponentially makes a huge difference. And I want you to think about this idea of a ripple effect that God is working to do things in your life and that that's going to affect lots of other people. It not only just affects us, it always affects others. If you remember last summer when we were in the story of Abraham, what did he say? Uh, Abraham, I'm going to give you lots of money. You're going to be wealthy. Go, Abraham. No. He actually says, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. Do you know why? Because I want you to bless others. And I want the nation that's ultimately going to be known from you, coming from you, to put you at the crossroads of the earth, and you're going to be a blessing to every single person. So think about that. The blessings that God gives you are not for you to just hoard and keep to yourself. They're always meant to go through you to whoever God else wants to bless. So I'm blessed so that I can bless others. So what's happened in your life, God is going to use, God is going to do great things in order to allow that ripple effect to carry on and go to other places in your life and to other people that you may have no idea are paying attention or even uh, know what's going on. That's what this ripple effect looks like. It looks like it affects a lot of other people by what we do. Now, I want you to see this in Scripture. So uh, I want you to see this kind of played out. What do we want in our prayers and God's answers? What ripple effect do we want? So I want you to see this in Joshua chapter 4. In Joshua chapter 4, uh, there's a story of a rock pile. I, I love it. Pastor Ben, my friend, that's what he calls it. And I said, oh, that's so interesting. I'm going to be in that passage. So, Ben, I'm going to steal this from you. And I told him I was going to do that. So it's all good. I, I told him, because I like this, this idea of a rock pile, that God told them to do something which would remember others. He was doing something once for a people, but he wanted it to be remembered and passed on and carried along so that generation after generation after generation would know what God had did right there. And they would know about it, and parents would be able to share that. They would be able to say, kid, when I was young like you, I stood at this rock pile, and this was a reminder of what God did, and God did something amazing in this place. And so it's to remind us of what God does, and it's ultimately to remind us that God is still in the business of working great and awesome things. So Joshua chapter 4 will be on the screen. If you're following along at home, it'll be right on the bottom of your screen as well. You can follow along with us in Joshua chapter 4. Probably familiar story to many of you. They are crossing the Jordan River. Uh, they have the Ark and the Covenant uh, right in the middle of the river with the priests holding it. God has parted that river, and now they are crossing it, and they've reached the other side, and something needs to happen so they remember this moment. Because Remember, they, they forgot lots of other things. The Israelites forgot all the time. Does that happen to you? 
It happens to me. I just forget. And then somebody has to remind me of this. Lately, it's been my son. My son will call me up, and, and we're talking about him over in Lincoln, and he's with one of my friends at school, and he's like, Dad, Nathan said today in a sermon about something that happened in college. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Well, you never told me that. Yeah, I probably forgot, or probably you were too little, or who knows what it was. But just you, we just forget the way God moves and works in our lives. So follow along. We're going to walk through this passage. When the entire nation was on the other side, the Lord told Joshua, so here we go, another, another prayer moment where God is going to instruct Joshua, hey, there's something you need to do. There's something I want. I want to do something here that's going to special and that's going to remind people what I'm about. So select from yourself 12 men from the people, one per tribe. So one per tribe. You've got 12 tribes. Pick a guy, and i got a specific assignment for them to do. Pick up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan. Now, you're, you're going to see that this is not just pick up a pebble. And, and we're going to see this in a moment, what he's talking about. This is going to form something significant. Maybe you breezed by that before. I did. And, and I'll show you the little, the little bit that talks about that. So pick up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River. I'm guessing a stone in the middle of the river is going to look different than the stone on the bank of a river. And that's why they'd be like, why are those stones here? They look different. They're, they're, they, they're different. They're maybe a little more smoother from the water running over them. So they're a different type of stone. I want you to get those stones from the middle, from the very place where the priests are standing firmly. Carry them over with you and put them in the place where you camp tonight. So you're going to build a camp. You're going to go there and you're going to put these. So Joshua summons the 12 men. He's going to do what he's been asked to do. The 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one per tribe. Never told who these guys are. Can you imagine he's just picking out you, 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 you? Come with me, okay? We're going to get in the middle of the river, and something's going to happen, and God's going to do something amazing through this. So Joshua told them, go in front of the ark of the Lord your God to the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to put a stone, don't read over this quickly, on his shoulder. I don't know, that, that just to me says, that's a big stone. If you, if you can't just like pick it up and carry it in your hand and walk across and put it in a pile, that's a big stone. So there's something big here that, that God wants to remind them of. This is not like a little pile of rocks on the ground, okay? These are some big rocks. They got them on their shoulders, and they're carrying them across. According to the number of the Israelite tribes, the stones will be a reminder to you. When your children ask someday, why are these stones important to you? Can you imagine you go on a little trip, a little vacation? Hey, kids, we're going to go on the Jordan River. And you stand by those stones. And you're like, oh, I remember that day. I remember that day the river stopped. We walked in, and, 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 and my cousin went in there, and he had to pick up a stone. He put it on his shoulder, and he had to walk across. I remember that day. And, and you're like, and your kids are going, uh, Dad, it's a pile of rocks. Why are we here? Okay? Can, can we see a pile of rocks anywhere? There's lots of rocks around here. They're piled up in all sorts of places. Why are we standing at these rocks? Then you get to tell them the story. When they ask you, why, why this rock pile? Why do we care about these stones that are piled up here? Tell them how the water of the Jordan stopped flowing before the ark 
of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the water of the Jordan stopped flowing. You get to tell them the story. You get to take them to this rock pile, these rocks that are piled up, and you get to tell them why they're significant, where they came from, and what God did, and what God will continue to do if we trust him and follow him. You're able to tell that story with your kids. It was a chance for them to continue the story and to have a ripple effect. It wasn't just for that generation at that moment at that time. God was going to use it again and again and again and again and again. The generation after generation could take their kids, show them the rock pile and say, do you know what God did here? He took these rocks out. Your grandfather stood in that river. Your great-grandfather stood in that river. They got that stone out, and they did that. And that would be significant. Not to say, oh, isn't that a cool rock? It's to say, isn't it amazing what God did? That's the hopes of these 40 days. Isn't it amazing how God works in our life? Isn't it amazing that God loves us so much that he would work in our life? He didn't have to. He could do lots of other things. But he chooses to bless us. And he chooses to give us good things. And he chooses over and over again to give over and over again into our lives. And he gives us jobs. And he gives us food. And he gives us places to live. And everything we have comes back to a blessing from God. And if you do that, you're able to remind yourself more often, here's what God did. These stones will be a lasting memorial for the Israelites. A lasting memorial, right? I got to make, I got to help you guys remember because you're going to forget. So go down to the river occasionally where you camped and remember what God did and where those rocks used to be and what happened that day that God brought everybody else across that's the ripple effect. That's what God wants to do. God wanted them generationally to know what he had done. Wasn't good. I can use this story for lots and lots and lots of generations. If you ever thought of that, that God would use what happened in your life to two, three, four, five, six generations from now, that he would use your story and the way he worked in your life and what he did for you, that he would use that to talk into your family five generations from now about how good he is and what he did and how he blessed your life. Most of us don't think that way. You're like, and it's Sunday. Can we get through Sunday? Five generations, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I got, I got to make it through the day without killing my kids, okay? I got, I got to make it through the day surviving uh, my grandkids, which are crazy. You're five generations. I, I can't think that far. Most of us can't. Let's just be honest. We do not think that way. God does. And he would love to take what's used in our lives and allow that to bless and help generation after generation after generation after generation. And it doesn't matter if you think they're too young now. Sometimes we think that. Our kids are too young now. We talked about this last week. when We talked about praying for their family and their spouse and their future and their friends. And some of you are like, my kid's eight. Okay? I, I, I got to get past the second grade. Okay? I got to get past third grade. Uh, I got the whole middle school challenge ahead of me. Really? I got to? I got to pray for a spouse. I don't know if I can do that. 
Have you and anybody do that for you? Because I have, and that's really, really powerful. I have a letter I keep in my desk now, okay? Uh, my mother used not to trust me with it. She gave me a copy of it. I have a copy. So I had a copy of a letter. She's like, you're going to lose it, right? So um, after she passed away, I had to find it, okay, in, in a safe box uh, to be able to have it. Because I just had a copy. Because it's you're going to lose it. I know you're going to lose it. So I have a place where I don't lose it. So it is in the top drawer of my desk. There's a reason it's in there. Because number one, I can't believe that God would do what he did. He had a guy in, in our church uh, pray that God would use me to be a pastor someday. Okay? Now, he didn't do this when I was 10. He didn't do this when I was 18. He did it when I was three. I'm guaranteeing that day he's going, okay, he can scream loud. He might be a good preacher, okay? I'm guaranteeing there, there was no thoughts like that, okay? It's just, I'm going to pray generationally, okay? So this is what he, he did. I, okay, I barely remembered this man, barely, because he died when I was a kid. So he wrote this letter in the time frame of his life. So I guess I kind of get this. Because he did that for me. And, like, what did you see at three years old? Okay? That's how most of us think. My kid's eight. My kid's 12. I'm supposed to pray for what? I'm supposed to pray how? Because we don't think generationally like that, that God could take something and give us some insight and pray over something and use it years and years and years and years and years later. But that's what he's doing with this rock pile. Hey, you don't know what to tell your kids. You're frustrated with them, that God loves them, that God cares for them, that God wants to work in your life. Say, okay, road trip. We're going down to the Jordan. You're going to see this rock pile, and I'm going to tell you the story of what God did. When's the last time you've done that for your kids? When's the last time you prayed generationally for them? Last week, thank you, all of you, by the way, who signed that card for Mary. That, that, that was great. So I went over, gave it a card, got, got to talk with her a moment. On her wall, okay, she's 97, and on her wall are her 25 great-grandchildren. She's got all the pictures lined up, okay? She's thinking generationally, okay? Uh, I have no idea what God's doing, but just, you know, bless them, uh, work in their life. And, and th there's all these pictures because she's thinking what? What happens after me? Will they know God? Will they follow him? Will they serve him? It's the same thing. Are you doing that for your kids? Are you doing that for your grandkids? Are you praying that God would work in their life? It wasn't enough to answer the prayer then. How are we going to get across this river? But rather to create a ripple effect that would affect generation after generation after generation. So, what ripple effect does God want to create in your answered prayers? Because it's not just about you. And it's not just about blessing you. And it's not just about answering your need. It's not just about taking care of your job. It's not taking care uh, of your immediate need because it's February 2022 and I got to get through this month and I got all these challenges ahead of me. It's not just that. God is always thinking about what's next and how we can bless so many people and so many generations through what he's doing in and through you.
which is exactly what we learned in Abraham, and that God just continues this cycle of blessing and using people. Have you ever heard of the, a name, a guy by the name of George Muller? So at some point, and I, I couldn't remember this week if it was high school or college, that someone told us about George Muller. His story is fantastic because all, all he did was he knew God wanted to use him, and he knew that um, he was supposed to reach the, the most, uh, the lowest in his, in his town, in his nation, which was the orphan. And he was supposed to reach him. He didn't know how. He didn't know how he was going to put it all together. So he decided, I'm going to be a man of prayer, and I'm just going to ask God to provide all this. And someone took some time to kind of piece together his life and the effect that he had. Now, just think with these numbers, how many generations got affected by this, okay? So he cared for 10,000 orphans. And just like that number set in. Okay. This would be probably the 1800s in England. Uh, he established 117 schools because he's going to make sure the orphan is cared for and he's going to make sure that kids are learning and growing. So what can I do about that? I will help the orphans. I'll have orphanages. I'll make sure those kids are loved and they're cared for. And I'll make sure that, that kids in general are taught and they're helped. I'm going to do that. So that's what he does. In today's money, he would have seen $150 million. Now, let that number set in for a moment. Probably the 1800 number would be like, okay, well, that's impressive. Just move it up to nowadays, and who knows? The rate we're going, that could be $300 million, okay? It's just gone up. This is a lot of money. This is a lot of money. Now, I want you to know what he did. How did he get this, you know? Did he keep winning the lottery? Nope. Nope. I want, I want you to understand this. He never, he never fundraised. Could you imagine that? You mean I don't have, have big on night, right? I, I don't have to do any of this stuff. I don't have to do any of these fundraisers. I don't have to, I don't, no. He never asked for donations. So he never reached out in his community and said, okay, I'm running an orphanage, okay? This is a perfect place for you to provide, for you to take care, for you to use your goods and leverage what you have in your businesses. Nope, never did. He never made any requests for funds. I mean, zero. Zero requests. Zero requests. I, I can't tell you how many emails I get that tells me, oh, as a pastor, this is exactly what you're saying. If you say this, everybody will give. Delete the email, okay? That's not going to work, right? But that's what we think. I got to say the right thing. It's got to be, he never did any of that. And he watched God provide over and over again. He only prayed. And probably it shouldn't be only. He probably just did the most important thing. And he watched God work in that. For example, there's one story uh, when they came to him one day and said, I, I don't know what we're going to do, Mr. Muller. We're in trouble because um, we need milk. And we don't have any milk. And so he did what he always did. He prayed. And whether it was, and it's probably way past, okay, when cars started. So this is probably horse and buggy. It broke down in front of the orphanage. And in those days, it wasn't like, call out another one. It was like, well, if we don't use this, this is going to go to waste. And it broke down right in front of the orphanage, which supplied everything that they needed for that day. And th there's a story after story after story that God did and worked. 
Stories are still being told years, 100 years plus after this man lived that God uses over and over again and say, see what they did? What are you worried about? Why are you worried? Trust the story I'm writing in your life. Trust that. Trust that I am good, and I will answer you, and I will work in your life, and I'll make sure you have your needs met. Trust me that I will do that. I will take care of you. You will be taken care of. So let, let me remind us of a couple things as we wrap up. 11 days left. Keep going. Keep moving on. Put, put your prayers in there, and let's see what God does and creates and works in and through us. We still have a couple books left. You can join up today and start following along with us. So let me give you a couple of reminders as we kind of finish up this morning. Number one, this is the beginning, not the end. This is the beginning, not the end. It doesn't matter what you do from this point out to find a way to connect with God every day. I would urge you to be in Scripture every day and make it simple. It doesn't have to be huge. You don't have to read a chapter a day. Read a story a day of what Jesus did. Go to the Gospels and take a different narrative every day and see what Jesus taught and look at that and think about that and pray through that. And, okay, what am I supposed to do with this? And figure that out. In fact, in two weeks, that's what we're going to do. All the the way up to Easter, we're going to be looking at different narratives in the Gospel where Jesus worked. And perhaps we think we know the stories, but this is what I love about Scripture. Read it 5,000 times. doesn't matter. The 5,000 and first time, you will see something different. And you will recognize something different. This is how the Bible works. And it's amazing. And it will just remind you again of how good and how faithful God is. So this is not the end. This is the beginning. Find a way to continue every day to connect with God. Read a verse a day. Read two verses a day. Find a paragraph, okay? If you, if you use a, a more modern translation, NIV, they will have stuff in paragraphs. Use a paragraph. Take that to read a lot. God just wants to connect with you every single day. So this is the beginning, not the end. It's not a, just the finish line we're trying to get to. The second thing is connect with God should continue because we all have things to pray for. We all have things to pray for. I, I, I'm just betting you're going to get the end of 40 days. If you kept a journal, get it out and go back and go, okay, God. Okay, it, it, this is not, okay, God, you got 40 days, answer all this. Thank you, okay? I, I, I'm done. I'll, I'll, I'll visit you next year when I, when I need some more help. That's not how God works. That's not what he desires from us. He desires a relationship from us. So we all have things that we're continuing to pray for. We're continuing to pray with somebody or for somebody. Keep doing that. That's why it should continue because none of us are done. None of us have hit the finish line. We all have more things that we want God to do in our lives. We have kids to pray for, grandkids to pray for, great-grandkids to pray for. We have all sorts of things that God wants to work in our lives and pray for. Number three, all prayers have not been answered. They haven't. As I said just earlier, God hasn't answered all your prayers. God hasn't answered all my prayers. He hasn't. But God is always faithful. And sometimes that's the tension in the room. 
that's the hardest when we're praying, is I know what I want God to do, but I have no idea how he's going to do it and what it's going to look like and how it might come together. I have no idea. I, I, re- I don't have any idea what he might do in that. And that's that tension where I need God to work, but I'm not going to tell God what to do, and I'm going to be patient, and I'm going to trust the story that he's writing and not get ahead of him, and that's what I'm going to trust. This year, whether you recognize it or not, has been that for our church in the aspect of worship. So this morning, we are blessed to have Mandy here, and Mandy's going to give us a Sunday a month where she will be here leading. Mandy has other responsibilities and ways she serves and volunteers in another church, but she's willing to come in and bless us and help us out and work with us. That has been a constant point of prayer. Now, I'm going to be honest. Now, what I wanted God to do is give us a worship leader. Worship leader just walked the door, and that would solve all my problems. I never have to pray for that again. How don't work that way. I, I, I don't know, but it's, it just doesn't work that way, right? And people ha- have had to remind me, yes, that, that's the way it works. Sometimes people in the room here, thank you, Kim, remind me that, hey, God is still at work, and God is faithful, and God is going to provide everything. And it's exactly right. And it's not in the way I want at all. At all. And it's very frustrating at times. Just to have God so often just take us and say, trust me, I'm going to give you that. Yeah, but I don't want that. I want that. Like, no, 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 no. I want you to take here. And he takes us a step at a time, and he urges us to trust the story he's writing. And that is hard. That is really, really, really hard. I am not going to tell you it's easy. I'm going to tell you every day it's wonderful because, I, I, okay, today the email comes in, right? T- today the response comes in. It's all going to be fixed. I don't have to worry. Nope, nope, nope. Nope, it's another day. Of, Ed, you're going to trust the story that I am writing in the midst of all of this. And that's hard. And I recognize that. And I want you to know that you should recognize that too. But that God is always faithful. And he's going to help you walk through every single step to get to the point that he has for you. So you get to tell your story someday. Maybe not in front of a rock pile of what God did in your life and how he helped you every step of the way through this time. I told you every week, how will these truths affect your prayers? Hopefully, they'll remind you to keep praying, to keep understanding that God is faithful, and to not this be the end but let it be a beginning of a life connecting with God and watching that happen every single day so we're going to pray and our team's going to come up lead us one last time uh in a song that you've probably heard on the radio more than we have sung it here uh whom shall I fear uh the God of angel armies is the way Chris Tomlin took that translation uh, the God of Angels' armies. And I think that's really good because um, in this, we, we, we either fear or we trust, right? We, we have this balance. I'm either going to be afraid because I don't know what's happening, I don't know what the next step is, and I don't know what God is doing, or I'm going to trust the story. And we work with this tension in our life. 
And perhaps as we sing that this morning, you'll be reminded, I don't have anything to fear. I can trust the story of what God is doing in my life. So let's pray, and then we're going to worship one more time. Father, you are so good. And we recognize that you have been at work in our lives. Today's day 29. That's hopefully the start of something very, very long-term. Of you working in and through our lives. And we, we just ask you to help us. Because we've been praying for things and it's not happening yet. And so often you want us just to continue to trust the story and continue to know that you are faithful. Because the ripple effect to the next, to the next, and to the next generation could be an amazing thing. You've given us our stories to tell, our rock piles to build, of your goodness and faithfulness in our lives. And I pray we would tell those stories. And we would share with our kids and our grandkids the way you have worked in our life. To remind them that you are worthy of our trust. You are worthy of honor and glory, and you are worthy of everything that we give to you. I pray as we stand and we sing these words, they'd remind us we don't have anything to fear. We can trust the story of what you are doing in our lives. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.